0: Clever football. Um last week we really got to dive deep into the FM game uh side of things. But some, we did something a little different this week, didn't we, Paulie? We kinda opened up the um for the listeners to ask some questions that we can answer.
1: Yeah, and I think we got a pretty good uh response from quite a few people. So I look forward to answering those.
0: Yeah, so we um we we picked some of the more hard pressing ones. Um and so we'll go ahead and just get these started. Why not? Um, first up, we, we got a question from the account that we talked, uh, talked about a little bit last week, 3032.fc uh, on Instagram. And his question would be, uh, let's see, I'm looking at right here. He goes, what's the best way to stop a CAM going missing? So he's, he's talking about footy as well, uh, f- uh, football manager. So he's okay. saying – he's asking, like, what's what's the uh, – you know, what what roles or what way do you um, put your team out so your, like, CIM always stays involved? What do you think about that?
1: Right. That is kind of hard. I've been in that boat a couple times, actually. Um, I mean, that number 10, that Cam role, always has to be, you know, a good player. He has to be technical, be able to create chances and even score, you know. So the first thing I'd make sure is, are his stats good enough to be one of the main men in the squad? And if he's still not producing, maybe it's something with the players around him. You know, maybe the wingers aren't good enough either. I mean, the number 10, he's a special player, but he can't do everything on his own. You know, most number 10s on top of the world have really good guys around them. So if a striker doesn't have, you know, good teamwork or vision, maybe he doesn't work well with the number 10,
0: making him less useful. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I also think it's good to look at um, the bravery uh, stat as well. Cause you want your, you want your 10 to be brave and like, you know, be creative and whatnot. Uh, something that I would say along the lines of what you're going with, when I play uh, a attack like an attacking mid, typically a, I I have his role if he's good enough as a shadow striker and that way he's like always staying involved in the attack um yeah. he's mo- he's more so on the attacking side which is kind of what I want from my my attacking mid anyways so yeah he kind of like if you give him the shadow striker uh role his first thought is to try to get to lol um is kind of what I uh that's how I kind of play with that uh, he also
1: everybody, everybody has a different, you know, way they want to play. Like, for yeah. example, my number 10 usually isn't that athletic. So I usually leave him up the field to, you know, create chances or counter attack opportunities and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, no, that's a good point. He also went on, speaking of, we were speaking of roles. He's like, what are generally some good positions slash roles that complement each other? Um, so for me, I love having... Some kind of, uh, if, it depends on the system, but if I'm playing with three midfielders, I love when I, I just did it with, um, I'm doing it now with my current team that I've, we'll talk about that soon. Um, But uh, yeah, I have, if I'm playing with three midfielders, I have one as the anchorman role. And then I like, I really, really like to either have a uh, Mazala or a ball winning midfielder. And if I can have them both together and they're that's like their main role, I really like that pairing. Yeah, that does work well. I always like my
1: midfield three, you know, one guy who's going to, you know, win tackles, do all the dirty work, one kind of playmaker and one kind of box to box. You know, they all complement each other in that way.
0: Yeah. And typically with my my back line in the role is like um, if I'm playing with a back four well if, actually if i'm playing with let's, let's just switch it up i'm not really i'm not using a a 352 or a 343 but if i am going to do that i like to have one no nonsense center back and then two ball playing center backs okay. uh, yeah i like that kind of balance a lot so one just absolute beast who's going to just win everything in the air or anything and then two guys who are just comfortable like driving into space and like passing and breaking lines yeah,
1: that's always pretty tough to find in the lower leagues especially. Yeah, right? yeah.
0: If you're if you're starting in the lower leagues, it's it's really tough to do. If I if I'm with a lower league team, I typically just start my whole entire back four with a defensive mentality. Oh,
1: wow, yeah. That's
0: fair yeah. enough. Yeah, like especially if I know it's going to be rough for like a little bit if I'm going into a team that's struggling, like I I kind of have the back four as it with a defensive mentality on.
1: Yeah, I mean, it all depends on the players you have, too, you know. But, yeah, Yeah. you have to work for lower leagues. Yeah. Uh, Another partnership thing I like, um, I don't really play with two strikers, so I wouldn't really be familiar with that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I like to have attacking wing backs and then inside forwards on the wing.
0: Okay, nice. If I have
1: wingers there and fullbacks that get up, those wide spaces are so occupied, and you're just exposed to being countered a lot. Yeah. yeah.
0: no. You have, uh, that's, that's a really that's a really good point. That's also really good in a 4-2-3-1. A if you're going to have uh, fullbacks that are going to get up and down a lot, and then you're making sure your wingers tuck inside, it really releases that space. That's actually a question that he asked me uh, a, a week ago, 3032.fc. He's like, what's the best way to play against a 4-2-3-1? And I was telling him how the system works, you know, like your winger tucks in, so it releases your fullback. So if you're playing against that, you want to counter on that area where the fullback has gone up. Um, So if the right fullback goes up, well, you want to attack their right side. Um,
1: For sure, for sure.
0: Yeah, but those are great questions. Thanks for sending those in, Uh, 3032.fc. I actually need to get this guy's name. I've talked to him a few times now, and I just don't know his name. Call him three (laughs) zero three two um ne- next next we we got our next two questions our last two questions are uh from some legends uh actually um first up we got at the man himself my my uh my old man so this one's uh oh okay uh, yeah i don't know if we're i don't know honestly if we're like capable of answering this but this one's a really big one he submitted it Yeah, he emailed it to me Oh, perfect. perfect. Yeah, he goes, uh, what financial opportunities do you think exist in European and American soccer in the near future? How will revenue be generated? And what's the difference in opportunities of each country and why? Will or should the league structures change to a smaller set of teams playing? And then he puts in parentheses, he says, more control over players, health exposure and safety of COVID exposure. That's a lot. Um <laughs> lot. Wow. Well, we're not going we're, we're to touch on each country because that would just take up an entire episode. Sorry, AT. <laughs> um,
1: we'll get to that, though.
0: Yeah, we we can we'll, – we'll maybe cover that over the, the span of time. But I don't know. Like, to be honest, financial opportunities do you think uh, exist in European and American soccer in the near future? Really tough to say there's going to be, like, financial opportunities. I would only say that uh, if we're talking about football clubs – um, getting financial opportunities without, uh, you know, fans being in games. I mean, my only my only other thought to make up for is you really got to like, um, you really got to do well with like merchandise and stuff like that. I mean, that's my only my only really thought. Then also your academy system. If your academies are playing, you know, obviously, then a, a, if it wasn't a focus already, it's definitely going to be shifting the focus because. That's right. where your money's going to be always. Um, as terms of like American soccer, we already talked about it already. Is this like, you know, is this the time for MLS to get on the same schedule as everybody else? And then also I recently read not too long ago, is this also the time for like the EPL? They were kind of been tinkering with the idea of going to the same calendar as MLS because of all this. So maybe maybe it's time for the rest of the world to get on our schedule. I I don't know. I don't know. But um <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, um, I know
1: I know uh, They're sort of talking about making like a giant European Super League sort of like the top clubs from each of the big 5 leagues just have their own league. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they're, no they're I tried to say about that. just a little bit. Gotcha. Um, I'm not sure if they'll go through with it, but I mean, that would definitely bring in some interest. People would love to, you know, see that now. And yeah, now, every schedule is just getting messed up. So maybe next year they'll end up doing something like that, but that's unlikely. That's just something I kind of
0: have been hearing about though in the news. No, I've I've heard about some other leagues doing the same thing. I know, uh, the La uh, not La Liga Liga MX in Mexico. And MLS are looking at at combining and doing like a a North American Super League, uh, oh. and I think that would be really cool too. I, but my thing is, what do is this just a separate tournament outside of their regular league, or is this the league that they're in and, and only like? Uh, so I don't know. And then, it's, yeah, that'd be complicated. But I like the idea of it. I think it brings more co- like uh, competitiveness between each country, uh, you know, on the club side. Um, yeah, I
1: just think that. Concacaf World Cup thing or Champions League, whatever they call it. I just yeah. don't. I've never really liked it. The scheduling so weird. Like one, the half the teams are in preseason, half the teams are finishing up. It just doesn't feel like a real.
0: Yeah, you know, exactly, spreader. exactly. So if and we could get
1: a better system for Mexican clubs and U.S. clubs to play together, I would. I would certainly watch it. I'm not a big MLS viewer or a Mexican league viewer, but I mean, if it's on, it's a good game. I'll watch it for sure. And if something gets set up.
0: Nicely, I'll yeah. No, I, I, I'm not like massive in MLS. You know, I, I follow it. I, I like, I like seeing the growth a lot. Uh, but I do watch Liga Emekees pretty regularly, and I love it because it's such a, a offensive league. I mean, the de- defensively, the tactics are so bad, so poor. They don't, they're not very. I wouldn't. I'm not gonna say poor, but they're they're not very uh, attacking, I mean, defensive minded, but the offensively there's always goals going on and it's a competitive league. And also like, I love the mentality of the Hispanic players. Like there are a lot of like a uh, lot of fight and stuff like that. I love that. Okay. I mean, you can yeah. feel the passion in
1: some of those games, man. I mean, you can you can really see the difference from
0: play in the MLS versus play in just South America in general. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, AT, I mean, I don't, that doesn't really answer your question not so much. But, I mean, actually, in terms of, he said, uh, should the league structures change to a smaller set of teams? Here in Germany, there's a group of, so, yeah, as you know, there's Bundesliga, second Bundesliga, third Liga. Then you have Reginald Liga, which breaks up into, like, four or five regions, and half the teams are professional, half aren't. Well, like, 25 of the teams in the Reginald Liga are put have put in a bid to – like they they're saying like look we have the money we have the funds and we have the stadium and if we don't have the stadium we have the funds to like up our stadium to the standards, let's do a uh, kind of like a uh, you know let's do a, um, a put us into the third league, and it's going to be like conferences so one you know a uh, north or south or east and west, and right. it's just going to add more teams so. I don't think that has anything about more control over players and uh, with health exposure, but that's definitely there's definitely opportunities for clubs right now who do have the funds to move up in some leagues um, if they can get it their bid accepted. So that's interesting. Yeah, uh, for
1: sure. Are you guys actually starting next
0: week? Uh, uh, B- B- Bundesliga and the second Bundesliga is, but just those two. Yeah, just these two. So as far as I know, Reginald Liga is not happening and there will be no relegation and uh, there will be promotion. So there'll be more teams. Uh, I don't know if that promotion thing is official, but there's a. it's definitely a f- official that there won't be a relegation uh, for teams in the Reginald Liga. Oh. So, uh, and then the third league is still trying to like figure their stuff out. They're trying to push for a May 26th start. But I don't know, man, like we'll, we're going to be touching up on it later in the podcast. But I mean, st- like we're, it's supposed to start in a week and players are still getting tested positive. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, at that point, you just it's hard, you know, to begin. Even
1: the Serie A president said, like, yeah, we'll probably start up in a month. But as soon as there's one case, season's canceled.
0: Yeah. And you know what I mean? So that's that's going to be tough um Moving on to our last question, the biggest legend of all—it's it's your brother, t- at Teddy Apos
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> Teddy. Teddy wants to know how he makes money with smaller teams. What do you got for him?
1: Yeah, I mean we've only had this conversation every day for the past week.
0: <laughs> we can't
1: really seem to figure it out. But uh, everybody thinks, you know, when they start with a lower team or whatever that you Know they're going to have one guy and sell them for a hundred million, and that's not the case, you know. No, never, never. You're gonna have guys who maybe sell for one million or even 200k if that's a lot for you know your club. It's just little by little, you got to take baby steps, and eventually, you'll progress to the point where you can buy better quality players, and then you can build a better squad or whatever you want to do. If you want to sign young players, go ahead and do that.
0: Yeah, I mean, for sure.
1: A lot, a lot of ways you can make money, but the best thing i've seen that works for me is just you know you keep upgrading your squad get rid of guys whose contracts aren't expiring that you can make a little bit of money off and just keep moving on from there you know and if one of your guys is playing really well and a good offer comes in you got to make that sacrifice maybe sell them for five mil or whatever it is and then move, on, move on you can't build yeah. an empire in one year you know what i mean
0: yeah i, I mean i can relate this isn't if you're selling a guy for five mil, it's not really small club, but it's not like as small as, you know, starting in the seventh division in Greece, there's no way, you know, you can make money on the, I mean, I wouldn't say no way, but it's really, really tough to make money. If you're starting in the fifth tier of Germany or the sixth tier of Greece, whatever it may be, it just you know, make that club profitable. That's, that's tough. But yeah, if you're, if you're managing a for instance, I have that Dundee save in Scotland that, in, in, you know, in in terms, some people might call that a small club, even though I think that's a, a really big club. But yeah, I sold a Wonder Boy for like five mil and I didn't want to sell him, but I was going to make money for the club. So, you right. know, you just got to let him go. And also like in those situations, I, I, I like to think uh, if I was a manager, would I, if a young kid had opportunity to go to a big club, would I stop them or not? And I wouldn't. Really,
1: unless I
0: thought unless I thought it was really not like detrimental to the like to his career. But nine times out of ten, it's not.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, he's not managing a small team. He's managing like a mid-table Greek team in the first division in Greece, the Super League. So mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, he's got money and he likes you know high reputation players. So it's hard to do what he wants to do, but. <laughs> It'll it'll take time, Ted. It'll take time. yeah,
0: yeah. You know, just just breathe, Ted. Breathe. He's a one
1: one season wonder. He goes one season, doesn't like what he did, and he quits. But I oh, think he's in his second year now, so hopefully he can he can push a little more. Yeah,
0: hopefully get him going. Yeah, but that wraps up the question and answers. All that submitted there, questions. Thank you, and uh, that I like that. That's something we'll probably keep doing uh, in future episodes. Um yeah moving on uh, though we're gonna we're gonna give you a little update about our current saves that we're playing uh of course, as you always know, during these podcasts, we are jamming f m um Paul, you wanna give us a little update since the last time we were on? I'd uh, love to I'd love to <laughs> some good things happened or what so remind
1: me where I left off. What do you remember?
0: oh man, um to be honest, let's see. No, you last time we played, uh I think you won your game and then I tied uh yeah I, that's all I kind of can remember i didn't i haven't I didn't like go back and listen through the other episode because we were in the episode, so I just feel like I know it right um so I was managing that side,
1: platatinius, the second division Greek side,
0: yeah, yeah, I know that have you left End it at- up?
1: Yep, and then getting you know, him promoted to the first division and I talked about Ryan Egg the legend and all
0: that. Yes, 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 I remember Ryan, yeah.
1: I was having a really good season with them. I think I was fourth in the league. Like, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, and I remember that. I was, yeah. I was pushing to get, you know, in a top 3 spot for Europa League and uh, I end up seeing that the Olympiacos manager No. Gets back. And I should in my career in fm i've never seen olympiacos in more like financial trouble it was crazy oh man something's wrong something's going on you know (laughs) so i have a look i apply for the job they can't really afford a big time manager so i think this is my perfect opportunity i end up getting it but they have to win the league title while we're in like fourth place it's just it's not going to happen so I grind out the rest of the year with just not the – like John Brooks was my best player. and He's like 34 now. He's just Yeah, sacked.
0: whoa. John Brooks is at Olympiacos. Yeah.
1: yeah, I know, right? Um, so we didn't end up doing it. And I almost got sacked actually. like, okay, we'll give you one more chance. Just don't let us down. So the first thing I do now in my summer business, I sign Ryan Agan. <laughs> <laughs>
0: next Michael Owens. <and laughs> yes. The next, uh, Got to
1: call up the big guns. Yeah. So I'm just kind of trying to save them right now. The Greek giants, you know, they're just not doing very well. And we'll try to win the league. And hopefully Ryan Agin can bring me success with with Olympiakos. So it's just kind of crazy how he's been following me throughout all this.
0: No, I love that. That's that one wonder boy. You're going to have to get an Olympiacos kit with Agin on the back. Ryan Oh, I
1: certainly will.
0: will. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's legendary. No, yeah. well, uh, that's, that's, that's big news, big moves. I, I, I rem- actually remember now in the middle of the week, you're like, I got big news for the for the save. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Um, but no, uh, that's good to hear. Um, I also got some big news. I think we already talked about it. But um, I know last save I was already mentioning about, do I do I leave um, BTS Dot in the fifth tier of Germany or do I stay, stick it out like we were doing well? We were in fourth, but we were – the sp- point spread between the playoff spot, which is the third uh, third and second, was too far. So I didn't think I was going to make it. But I got a few job interviews, and I took a few and actually got turned down.
1: And oh, then
0: okay. – yeah, and then I uh, I reached out. I saw that the Byron 2 job was open, and I was like, oh, that would be kind of cool. But uh, they didn't take my interview. But then I got – Uh, a job interview from Victoria, 1889, they reached out to me, uh, in the Reagan Liga and pretty in terms of like, it's a, it's a pretty big jump from noise. Uh, but I got it and they were struggling as well. They were, uh, it's, it was like February time or maybe March, now March time that I took the job. Now it's May in my save. They were like 13th and 15th through 18th get relegated. So, I came in and I've now played one, two, three, four, five, five games, and we've got three wins, a, a draw, and a loss. And I'm telling you, I'm bringing a little bit of a different tactical style to uh, Victoria than I was at Neustadt, but we're doing well. We're bopping the ball around per usual. What are you running? I'm running a it's a four one four one. one uh, I got four in the back. Um, my full backs are on support. Then I got an anchor man with a Mizala and an advanced playmaker in front of them. You love it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Then um, my my I have two wingers on the left side is a winger attacking mentality right side is an inside winger with an attacking mentality um i always like to do one if i if i am gonna play inside winger i don't like to play with two inside wingers I like to only play with one i don't know why because I, I think then it becomes too predictable on both sides They they do the same thing so if you have one doing something different and one tucking in i think it it switches up the game a bit yeah. Um. And th- and then halfway through the game, if it's not working, you can always switch the wingers, uh, switch their sides and have the inside winger on the other side if he's capable of doing it. Obviously, that'd be in a perfect situation. Right. But then I uh, I decided to do something a little different, and I have a lone forward as a as I usually well no as I don't usually do I usually play with the four three three but I have a lone forward and he's a deep lying forward. Um, yeah, that's
1: one of my favorite. Styles as a striker, I love that deep line.
0: Play. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it because he's he's doing some defensive work and he's kind of dropping deep, but he's doing well in attack. He's involved. I like it a lot. Oh, yeah. Well, I
1: see baby steps. You're definitely progressing in the save, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, man, we're you know we're making moves over here at TCF. I mean, next
1: week you'll probably be managing Byron, so we'll stay tuned for that.
0: That's it. Yeah, stay tuned, everybody. Hey, you have to tune into the next episode, always. <laughs> No, um no, that's good. Yeah. Do you have any games coming up or what? Um no, I'm in
1: preseason right now, just trying to sign uh the right guys here. It's looking like I'm gonna be playing a four four two or more like a four two four, like higher wingers with okay, yeah, and really young midfielders, academy midfielders. So I don't know if that'll okay. work, but we don't have the money to buy big time players this year. We'll
0: see. All right, you're gonna have to grind it out. Uh, no, I'm interested to hear how you do the uh, the club Almighty, the Apostolopolis family favorite. You know it,
1: Olympiacos till I die. That's it. <laughs> yeah,
0: tradition. Good man. Good. I'm glad to hear you are you're at where you belong. Um, good man. Well, yeah. Well, we we talked we talked a little bit about it in the beginning. Uh, you know, players getting tested still in these, uh, individual training times and, you know, Bundesliga is still going to re- be returning, even though more players are getting tested. So I kind of, I'm going to call it, uh, I don't know if this is controversial, but I'm gonna call it Corona United. <laughs> and I'm just going to give everybody the lowdown on the latest kind of, uh, you know, training Corona who's tested positive, where, and everything, uh, or who's returning and who's not. Um, if you didn't see MLS return to training, and actually USL, sorry, some clubs in the USL have returned to training. Uh, it's voluntary, uh, so the players it's on a volunteer basis. If they feel like they're safe to come in, then they'll come in. If not, then they stay and they train at home. Um, but it's good to see that uh, even in the states, you know, um, to you know that. Could be maybe one of the worst areas that got affected by the virus. That they're they're still finding ways to get the players involved and out of the house uh, safely. Um, so that's good to see. And then obviously, yeah, we talked about Bundesliga's returning. But then I saw uh, quite a few players get test positive um, just recently. I know in the second Bundesliga. Uh, I think it's Dynamo Dresden had three players tested positive, And then the whole team is currently because of those three tested tests uh, that went positive, the whole team went on quarantine for 14 days. And they're supposed to start this coming week. So they're not, they're not training as a team. And then they're going to, they're about to play their first game. So that's, yeah, I don't know. Really for don't. me, for, for me, if that's a sign that it's not ready, then I, I mean, I don't know, but. Any you know? Anyways, if it is returning officially this weekend uh, on the sixteenth or whatever the day was, I mean, I am looking forward to watching some live football uh, for sure. Oh yeah,
1: um, Fox uh, yeah. just brought out the Boonings League uh, for everybody to watch, so that'll be cool.
0: Oh, nice. That's big time. Um, uh, three players in at Atina tested positive uh, recently as well. So, um. I don't know how that's going to work out with Syria. I know you said that if they get to a point they're playing games and there's going to be too many cases of um, positive tests, then uh, you know the the, the president's going to have to stop the league. So we'll see how that goes. Um, La Liga also returned to training. Um, they're aiming for a June 12th restart. Some players came out and set had statements like Ramos and a few others, and basically say they're happy to you know be back playing. Uh, be back in the environment you know at least even though it's not you know full contact they're doing something but um they and they also reassured that they wouldn't be out there if they didn't feel safe so it's good to see that you know some of these leagues are looking to return hopefully we can maybe see a uh, return of champions league as well in the horizon that'd be great um but again five players in the la liga also tested positive so we, you know, we'll just have to see uh, what's going on.
1: Yeah, um, I know those Premier League players are really worried about what's going on. They've come out as a players' organization, went to the owners, and said, "Yeah, we don't want to play right now. It's not the right time. Things aren't good in England." You know, um, and to me, that makes sense because you know they're putting their families in danger. If you know these guys are just basically pleasing the viewers. For you know having games right now, I just don't know if it's worth it. the country's not doing well with with the whole virus
0: yeah, i mean the the fact of the matter is is I think uh I had a conversation with someone recently, and at some point at some point we are gonna and this isn't just sports but with everything, and I think we are starting to see a slow return of it, but at some point we're all just gonna have to get on with it uh things can't be on hold for forever. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a scary thing, but things gonna, I mean, for, I mean, at least in my, for society to go back to normal, things are, I think it's, it's just gonna have to be like at your own risk, you know what I mean? So I think, I mean, I don't know what that means for sports. I don't know if that means uh, eventually sports will just go, look, if you don't want to play, you're not playing. And the ones that do want to play, well, we're, we're playing. And, and stuff like that i don't know so it, that's really interesting um i think it'll come to that
1: i think they'll treat it kind of
0: like you
1: know another virus in the world that we don't have a vaccine for you know if you get it it's just too
0: bad yeah if you get it then you know hopefully uh you know we can find way they can find ways to get you out of it keep everyone safe um i don't know yeah it's it's obviously gonna change not only just in like sports for I, w- I don't know if I could say it's going to change things forever, but it's certainly going to change things for a good while. Yeah, the next uh, and year, speak- through, there's going to be some
1: serious adjusting. We don't know how that
0: Seriously, going. seriously. And speaking of adjusting and change, did you see the new five-sub rule? Uh,
1: no, I have not.
0: Yeah, so I know ML- – I don't know if MLS is officially gone with it, but I know uh, in Europe, like I know Bundesliga is about to do it as well it's I'm pretty sure now it's it, it could be like fifa official but for the next year they're going to go to 5 subs across all leagues um yeah and it's going to be for health concerns so and also because you know some leagues might be jamming in a season you know in a short amount of time to make up for all the lost time so legs are going to need to be fresh you're going to have games closer to each other um so that's the benefit in that also there's currently, it's not official yet, but there's an option that they might stop using video assistant referee. Uh, so VAR might be on hold for a little bit. Wow. Um, and that's due to like safety concerns. Cause you know, I like the, the officials that are looking at everything, they're like in that small room yep. during the match. So they're saying that's not going to be possible. I'm sure they might be able to find a way where they can do it virtually somewhere else uh i don't know like maybe if it's at like uh i don't know somewhere nearby the stadium Yeah. but somehow <laughs> yeah surely they're gonna find it but honestly i wouldn't be against not having var for a, a little while if <laughs> it's a year too i'd be
1: fine with it i mean if it's that big of a risk yeah why not just hold off on it for a bit a lot of people
0: are yeah exactly anyway yeah um but basically how the how the substitution thing will work is each team is going to be allowed a maximum of five subs um Yeah, to reduce disruption to the match, it says here that each team is going to have like a max of three opportunities to make subs during the game. Um, Subs may also be made at halftime. So that was like from BBC Sports. Uh, They're also going on and they're saying that uh, both teams can make a substitution at the same time, which is that's something new. Uh, And that will count as one in three opportunities. And then unused subs and opportunities are carried forward into extra time. Um. Yeah. I, I. You know. Honestly, I. I like the rule. I think it's all right. Um. I see. I, I understand the reasoning behind it. You know. Yeah. No. It makes sense. It's. It's going to be tough the
1: next couple of years with all the adjusting, but we'll get through it for
0: sure. Yeah. Well, man. Um. Yeah. The. Do, do you have anything else? Because I mean, that's kind of all that's been going on lately. Um. You know. I. I, I can't wait for the leagues that are returning and games coming up soon to you know get talking about those matches and everything obviously Bundesliga league is returning soon so uh I know if it's on the 16th that you know that day that's all I'm doing setting aside it's I'm watching every single game yeah. I can't wait well hopefully by next week we could probably break down one of those matches you know if they're yeah. playing so that'd be great yeah man that'd be awesome yeah man well um that I think that wraps it up and um all that have been listening, thank you. Uh, it's been we really enjoy getting together and using this time to play some football manager. Um, you know, you get to keep the up, updated on the saves. Holly and I are making moves. Stay tuned. The it's, it's only the beginning. It's only the beginning. So, um, yes, sir. Yeah, and yeah, man. If if you've been following us, please share the podcast. Uh, go follow our Instagrams at, at football. And a special thank you to everybody who submitted some questions. And if you, did, if you didn't get to submit them in time, there's always next week. So stay alert on the social media, and uh, we'll see you next week. All right.